What's going on, YouTube? Good to be back. It's the Couch Coach. Now, I've been pumping out a couple things here and there. It just came out with a podcast. Put it only on Spotify. This one wasn't on YouTube. Uh, basically talking about the UFC. So if you're interested in UFC stuff, be sure to check that out. Go to Couch Coach. Search it up on Spotify. Same way that it's spelled here. And you'll be able to find it on there. That was a really great one. Talks about UFC. Broke down Daniel Poirier. The, the salon quality hairstyle of his. Dana White and his war on streamers. It was a lot of fun. And, oh, and I was joined by Dan O'Neill. Can't forget that. Also dropped a new stream if you saw on YouTube. Where, you know, just did a couple highlights of some of my gameplay that I've done on Warzone recently. So if you like that, be sure to check it out. But, you know, I was going to wait a little while before I made another podcast. I was going to. But, you know, I feel like there's been so much good news coming out, you know, with Matt Stafford, with Jared Goff, stuff I want to talk about. We just got more news about the MLB. And, again, with them not wanting to do a deal for a certain amount of games, that's going to be super interesting. We'll talk about that. And the Super Bowl, of course, is coming up, too. So we got to we got to mention that too of course you know i i I'm, i think i might go on a tom brady rant today i think i might have to cuz i got strong feelings about tom brady that a lot of people don't agree with but hey it's the whole point of this show right i'm supposed to be opinionated i'm supposed to think i know what i'm talking about cuz i'm the couch coach so relax you can see that i am right just chill let's just chill that's the whole point of this right let's just lay back let's relax let's chill out hang out and talk about sports on the couch hope you enjoy Before I jump into things, I just wanted to say, if you haven't already, be sure to smash that like button. And uh, yeah, absolutely smash that like button if you haven't already, please. I would love that. Uh, also, be sure to subscribe if you're not subscribed. And if you want to leave a comment and ask me a question about sports or give your own sports take, feel free. That's what the whole point of this is. We can relax and chat and talk about sports, right? So the first thing I think I want to get into today is, well, let's, let's go back a week and We'll talk about that the, those two playoff games, and we'll talk about the upcoming Super Bowl. Let's get into that first before we get into like the big news of, you know, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, and potential landing spots for Deshaun Watson. So, man, I guess the the first thing that we have to bring up is the Packers blew it. That was horrendous. First of all, Packers defense doing a great job. Uh, the that third and second quarter ish area, no, third and fourth quarter, excuse me, area where they had came away with those three intercepts, interceptions. I think. Two of them were by Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander's a stud. Really is. Really is. But, I mean, they only got, I think, six six points off of three different interceptions. And that was horrendous. I mean, once you get, especially against a guy like Tom Brady and how good that offense is. And just the type of momentum that they were playing with all game. You got it. You got to score every time you get the football. And that's something the Packers really didn't do. And I, I don't know why they didn't. I felt like... Throughout the whole game, Aaron Rodgers was really trying to force the ball to Devontae Adams. You know, we saw it when he went to go for that touchdown. First of all, I I, want to say that Aaron Rodgers might have been able to run to that end zone when he had that huge gap, and that's what a lot of people were talking about on that final, like, touchdown. You know, they had to go for that touchdown. Um, They didn't get it. I think he might have been able to run in, but I don't. I don't know. I think he might have been able to get caught. I mean, if if you look at it from different angles, you can see that there were people close enough to him. I think he still should have ran for it. I, I don't know if he would have got the touchdown, but it just felt very un Aaron Rodgers esque because what he did was force the ball to Devontae Adams. Who I mean, the ball basically hit the dirt. Devontae Adams was in like double coverage right at the goal line. He wasn't even like in the end zone really. He was. I mean, he was, but barely. 
I just don't know why he was doing that. And I think the first touchdown. Oh, the the um the initial drive where they I think they, I think it turned up to be three points off of it, where he threw that back uh, back hit pass to Devontae Adams. Devontae had to like turn around. No, it was a front hip actually. He had to turn around, try to catch the ball down low. You know what I mean? And he missed it. Normally he would make a catch like that, and for whatever reason he missed it. I think all three plays in that drive he tried to go to Devontae, and there was a lot of times in the game where he I felt like he was trying to force the ball to Devontae. And I get it, you know, Devontae Adams is your best receiver. He's arguably the best receiver in the league. He's incredible, right? I just don't, If it didn't feel right. It really didn't feel right to me that Aaron was really, really trying to force that ball in there, you know. And I think that was a big problem for them. Um, I felt like they were not going to run enough. The times that they did run the ball, they only really did pitches, which is fine, you know, I'm a fan of the outside run, outside pitches, that works for me, you have two good backs, technically three if you count uh, their rookie, but yeah, I mean, they, they mostly did that, but when they did run that, they actually found some success with it, I felt, I felt they were running the ball pretty efficiently, and then they kind of went into gunslinger mode, which I get that's their whole thing, you know, Aaron Rodgers being the, th- the throwing quarterback that he is, having the arm that he does, and the accuracy, and the receivers, that those great receivers that he has. But to not kind of stick with the run game just a little bit more, just to keep the defense guess, guessing, because the whole time, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was running around the pocket trying to find somewhere to go, try to break away from the pressure. He got sacked a few times. He didn't seem like he there was enough time for his routes to progress because I feel like they were running a lot of deep routes that included a lot of motion, and it took time you know, for Aaron to you know check all of his routes and make sure the play developed. And there was a lot of times where he didn't have enough time to do that. Uh, And I think partially, yeah, I mean, the offensive line has to do a better job. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But when you're going to throw it every down, I mean, it's not hard for a defense, for a defensive coordinator to scheme and say, okay, let's send five guys after him every time. Especially if you're winning, if you're you're beating them. I mean, why not, right? And I mean, and that goes on Matt LaFleur. And in actuality, I feel like a lot of that game was on Matt LaFleur. And yes, like I said, Aaron Rodgers could have totally ran in and tried to get that touchdown. But I really felt like Matt LaFleur, especially with that decision to kick, it didn't make any sense. Because look, you go for the touchdown, right? You get it, you're, you can go for a two-point conversion and tie the game. If you don't get it, you're going to have to try to get another touchdown. If you kick a field goal and get the three points, you're going to have to go for another touchdown. So either way, you're going to have to try to get another touchdown and force a stop. I don't know why you wouldn't try to get... You were, I think they were on the eight. I think it was, it was third and eight and then, you know... Rodgers threw the ball in the dirt, and uh, they, they didn't go for it. So it would have been fourth and eight. You know, I don't. I, I just don't see why how that makes any logical sense whatsoever. Uh, and Rodgers was pissed about it after the game, and that's another thing. To, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we know he, he's a bit of a toxic player. I, I'm not a huge fan of his personality. I feel like he, he's a bit of a part of my French here. He's a bit of a dick. Um, not a huge fan of him. You know, he's. Especially when it comes to his coaching, like his coaches, the problems he's had in the past with McCarthy. And McCarthy is really not a great coach either, so I kind of can't blame him there. But I feel like he doesn't really get along fantastically with LaFleur, especially after LaFleur drafted Jordan Love and didn't get him Rodgers any help. You know, that didn't help at all. That probably made things worse. And then after the game, he seems pissed. And he'll probably stay. I mean, the Packers aren't stupid. They're probably going to want to keep Rodgers, but I don't know if Rodgers is going to want to stay. But that, that's a story for a different time. We can talk about that when we get to the offseason. We'll see what's going on with him because that might end up being nothing. You never know. But yeah, I mean, the Packers really blew it. Um, that P.I. call was pretty horrendous considering he was holding the jersey and Kevin King hold up. 
Kevin King was burnt toast that game. Horrible. That guy, I think he got torched. He's the one that got torched on the route by Anthony Miller, I think, um, when it was the end of the second with like four seconds left and Brady just lobbed it up to the back of the end zone and they scored the touchdown. I, I want to say that was, that. no, it definitely was Kevin King. There was another route where Kevin King got burnt bad too, like deep. Like, dude, Kevin King just got eaten alive. Eaten alive. Um, it was terrible to watch. I mean, Kevin King has been all right in the past, I feel like, but he really blew it on the biggest stage. I get it, you know, Tampa has really good receivers, but it was horrendous. Now, speaking of Tampa, I mean, let's talk about that because I didn't really expect Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be this good. Uh, I still think a lot of it, their their success now anyway, as far as the playoffs go, have been on their defense. I mean, defensively, they've been fantastic. They've been lights out. I mean, those linebackers are fantastic. Levante David has been playing ridiculously. That whole team has been playing ridiculously. I mean, nah, really the defense has been playing ridiculous, we're being honest. Because, I mean, if you look at the game uh, when the Buccaneers beat Drew Brees and the Saints, right? Brees threw like three picks and there was a fumble. I think off the fumble and two of those picks, they scored touchdowns like every time. So if you look at it, I think Brady, one touchdown was like for three yards, one touchdown was for 40 yards, and one was like for 20 yards. So they barely had to move down the field. And with the offensive weapons that that group has, it's really not that hard. You got Mike Evans, number one receiver. Chris Godwin, number one receiver. You got, you know, A.B., who used to be number one receiver. Leonard Fournette, I think, is very good. I always thought he was a bit underrated. Um, I didn't like him coming out of college, but I think he did really good for the Jaguars. And the Jaguars kind of didn't use him, and we all know what happened there. Now he's in the Buccaneers. Uh, They also got Ronald Jones. I mean, I don't think Ronald Jones has really played, but... They got a good group. Gronk, I mean, Gronk is as fast as an 80-year-old man. Um, Terrible at this point, kind of, but he still finds ways to get open, which I find interesting, and he still finds a way to get yards after a catch, which I also find super interesting. I mean, you know, they got guys like O.J. Howard and stuff like that. They just have a good group. They have a really good group uh, offensively. And shout out, whoa, I can't forget to talk about this. The real real MVPs of that game for the Buccaneers uh, against the Packers has, has to be the offensive line of the Buccaneers because everybody knows that if you're going to put pressure on Tom Brady now in his older age, he's going to have a, a, a very hard time. And we saw that in the game. There was Packers barely got any pressure on Brady. And when they did, Brady kind of messed up a throw. You know, he overthrew somebody or, you know, would throw a pick or something like that. But, I mean, so far the Buccaneers' offensive line really has not let that happen. I mean, Tristan Wirfs has been stellar. Right? Stellar. And I mean, so much credit to him, too, because coming in like a rookie like that and you're playing on the offensive line that's now a contender, you know, they're, they're going to the Super Bowl, and to play that well against really good competition. I mean, the Packers have pretty good pass rushers. Uh, the Saints do as well. I mean, to, to do that, do so well and protect your aging quarterback like that, I mean, all credit to you and all credit to that offensive line. Now... I think I have to to kind of talk about Tom Brady here, right? People are saying, you know, after the game, obviously people are always going to say Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Tom Brady is the best to ever do it. No one will be as good as Tom Brady. Let me break it down a little bit on my perspective of things. Now, I don't really like Tom Brady. I think he's overhyped. Do I think he's the greatest of all time? 
not necessarily. I think he's a fantastic system quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback who gets his job done. Like, he plays his role well, and that's why people, you know, you call him a system quarterback. He plays his job well. He really does. He he sits in the pocket. He doesn't get frazzled and run all around and then make bad throws or make bad decisions. Brady's a fantastic decision maker. He's a good thrower, right? And he will make a throw that counts when occasionally when he has to. But he'll always make a throw to a guy that's open, He'll, what I'm trying to say is he'll make a good throw, right? He always will. No doubt about it. And his decision-making is just because he's such a veteran. He does so well. I mean, there's no denying, though, that throughout his whole career, a lot of it has been on Bill Belichick. I mean, I feel like Bill Belichick really made Tom the player that he is. And now people are using the evidence now, well, you know, look at the Patriots now. Bill didn't make Cam the best. Well, the Patriots lost a lot of their players, right? They lost, a, I know, guys like Marcus Cannon and... You know, some of the linebackers, some of the offensive weapons, they, they lost some people because of COVID. They opted, I think it was like eight starters, I want to say. Lost. And then Cam Newton, I mean, listen, whenever you use your, you lose your franchise quarterback, you're, you're going to have a hard time, at least for the first season or two, right? And considering that Cam Newton plays nothing like Tom Brady, like nothing like Tom Brady, there was obviously going to be a hard time there. I don't, I don't think Cam is washed. I don't think he's trash. I also don't think Cam Newton is amazing. You know, I feel like with Cam Newton, you're either on one side of the spectrum or the other. You either think Cam Newton is amazing, right? Or you think Cam Newton is trash. And I think he rides somewhere in between. I don't think he's garbage, but I still don't think this is the same Cam Newton that we had when he was on that Panthers team that, you know, was undefeated and or almost undefeated. And, you know, that Cam Newton that came out of Auburn. It's not the same Cam Newton. Nonetheless, I think he's still a decent quarterback. But at the same time, like I said, I'm not going to blame Bill for not having a good team this year. Now, if Bill can't fix up the team and get them to the playoffs for the next four years, right? Then I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's a little bit more Brady. As of right now, I don't want to jump to that conclusion yet. Now, I think a lot of people forget when it comes to Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers that the whole reason he went there was because they had those weapons, right? The Buccaneers had such fantastic weapons of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They had O.J. Howard. They had decent running backs. And then Brady's like, okay, let's bring on Leonard Fournette. Let's bring on Gronk. Let's go out and get A.B., right? He And they already had a decent offensive line, and they invested in time. Like, there you go. We'll get you, we'll get you Tristan Wirfs, right? Why wouldn't you want to join that team? And again, a lot of people, a, a, big, a big comparison that people keep making is like, well, Tom Brady took a team that last year, I believe, was 7-9 and nine with Jameis Winston in that. He took that team, brought them to 11-5, and five, and now they're in the Super Bowl. Valid argument. Valid argument. There's no denying that. But if you break it down statistically, I think when they had Jameis, right, that was the, it was the Jameis 30-for-30 30 30 year when he had the 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. He had a ridiculous amount of yards, threw for 5,000 yards. And again, the 30 interceptions, is huge, uh, 30 uh, touchdowns, excuse me, was huge. 30 picks, 33 picks, that sucks. I mean, imagine if he threw half. Imagine if he just threw 16 picks. Imagine how much better that team would have been. That team probably could have contended and been in the playoffs. Mike Evans, I think, had 1,300 yards. No. I think he had like 1,100 yards, 1,200 yards. And then Chris Godwin had like 1,300 yards. And they both had like a nice chunk of touchdowns. I want to say eight or more. They both had amazing years last year, right? And if you look at a lot of the team's losses, a lot of them were pretty close. I want to say majority were within a touchdown. 
I mean, if you look at some of their losses, they only lost, I think, by around four to the Titans, who was a good team. They lost by one to the Giants in that crazy overtime game that was, like, ridiculous amount of, like, scoring. They, like, barely lost to the Saints, I want to say, by a touchdown. They also only lost, like... To the Texans by three, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it now. And same thing, they, only, they barely lost to the Falcons. There were a lot of really close losses that they probably should not have lost. They probably could have won a lot of those games. Uh, I think if Jameis Winston didn't throw those 33 interceptions, then there was a lot of potential that they could have ran for the playoffs last year. And I, that's evidence that, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady did come and help out the team, but all you really needed on that team to become a playoff team was a competent quarterback. You just needed someone to come in, be a presence, make throws he needs to throw. Not throw too many picks. Just make the open throws when they're there. Get it to your talented receivers. Use your weapons and make it. I, I guarantee almost any quarterback in the league could have went except outside of like someone like Mitchell Trubisky maybe. <laughs> or Jared Goff. Because Jared Goff's kind of trash too. Actually, he's not terrible. But, you know, a guy like Mitch Trubisky, who I, Mitch Trubisky might even do fine in that system, all right? You don't know. But you, all you need a guy who can come in, play with the system, make the throws he needs to throw. And you're going to win a lot of football games because it's a good team. Not to mention they also brought in Todd Bowles, who, while not being a great head coach, is a great defensive coordinator. I mean, we've seen that. And even though the defensive defense has had struggles throughout the season, they've done a lot better, as I said, now. But that's all you really need Tom Brady to come in and do. So... My biggest problem with this is, look, I give Tom Brady all the credit for playing uh, at the age that he has, right? No, nobody else can be playing at 43, you know, and still be going to the Super Bowl. That's crazy, right? That is crazy. I give him all the credit for, and playing at that level, too. I mean, Peyton Manning was could barely throw the football like 10 yards when he won that Super Bowl right before he retired, right? But I, I, I will give him the credit, you know, I, I will accept that. This is he's doing a great job, uh, being the age that he is, and I give him credit for making the throws and being a good quarterback as of right now. But at the same time, am I saying, oh my God, Tom Brady's the reason why this team is amazing? Oh my God, Tom Brady's the best thing ever? No, because it's not true. Because it's not true. See, the problem with the NFL is that it's a quarterback league, right? We all like to say well, this team is good because of the quarterback. Right when you think about all the matchups, it's like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs versus Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Right, they always do that. They always phrase it as quarterback versus quarterback because that's the best. That's the funnest way to look at it. I mean, that's how everybody usually looks at it. But it's so much more than that. I think a lot of times we forget that football really is a team sport. Right, it's not just one individual. And I mean, yes, one individual at quarterback will make a big difference. You know, some guy like Patrick Mahomes will make a huge difference for a team. But at the same time, if you don't have those pieces, if everybody's not buying in, if you don't have a defense that can make plays and not let the other opponent run out the score on them, doesn't matter who you have at quarterback, you're still not going to win. And I think we forget that. And I think we especially forget that when it comes to Tom Brady. I mean, you look at some of his wins that he's had in the past, the, you know, some of the Super Bowls, especially the Rams one, that was all of his defense. He was kind of carried then. Uh, this year, the, uh, he did good with that offense, but he has, again, so many weapons at his disposal. And then you look at, you know, his defense and the, the caliber that they've been playing at right now in these playoffs. And he's been playing, they've been playing out of their mind. And they've really been the, the carrying point because they were able to stop Rodgers after Brady threw, 
Like I said, those three interceptions, they didn't let them get the two-point conversion, and then they didn't let them score twice, which was huge. And, yeah, they didn't let them score on that, that last drive where they, they, they sort of scored. So how much credit does Tom Brady deserve? I think he deserves credit for playing at the age he is. And I could give him a little credit for still bringing his team to the Super Bowl at that age, right? But is it all Tom Brady? Most certainly not. Do I think Tom Brady's the greatest of all time? No. I think he's a fan, the best system quarterback of all time. I think he's done really great things in his career, but I don't like to judge someone based off solely of their rings. I feel like a lot of things went in Tom's way, being under a great coach for his whole career, playing with a fantastic defense his whole career, getting weapons throughout his career that have worked well. I feel like Brady's always had a good offensive line too. So, do I? I really see. This is my thing. I, I could go on about Tom for forever because I really everybody will automatically say Tom Brady's the best, and I really don't think so. And these are my points. And I again, I can go even more in depth on this if need be. I just feel like Tom Brady gets all the credit for what his team does, and not solely on what he does. And we don't look at the pieces around him because it's you know when you say a quarterback sucks. Again, it's the same thing, again, with Carson Wentz, right? Compare it to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is being called trash and garbage and ass, right? I just feel like he has not had the pieces around him to help him. Last year, I think he, well, prior to the 2020, so 2019, he had like the best year of his career, and I think he didn't have a single receiver over like 500 yards or some kind of ridiculous stat like that. Because he was a constant revolving door. And I mean, this year, yes, I mean, they've done a good job of getting Jalen Hurts in there. And Jalen, the, the team kind of bought into Jalen Hurts rather than Carson. But do I blame Carson Wentz solely there as people were blaming Carson Wentz kind of solely in Philly? No, I don't. No, I don't. Because, I, again, I think we really forget that football is a team sport. I think we do. And we have to try to remember that a little bit more. Now and again, especially when we evaluate players. You know, it's not like basketball where... You know, we kind of want to be like Jordan versus LeBron. I mean, yeah, you're going to be like, okay, well, LeBron had AD and Jordan had Pippen. But it's a lot easier to solely look at someone. Same thing with baseball. It's a lot easier to solely look at a pitcher or solely look at a hitter, right? But in football, it's the ultimate team sport, the ultimate team game. So it's a lot harder to do that. Um, and I think we really don't be- find a way to balance that out of that. That's why I think football debating is so hard when it comes to debating the greatest of all time. It's the hardest thing to do, I think, in football. Really is unless someone's like insanely, insanely statistically good. But it also, I think it's a little bit easier to grade defense and offense, too. Um, corner, depending on how much. Not because see, then they got their pass rush help. There's always, there's always other factors in how good of a player is in football because of his team and how his team plays around him and the coaching and all of that. Coaching matters so much in football. But that's my little brand, a little rant. About Tom Brady, I think that's enough about that. I can, like I said, I can keep going on, but I'm, I'm not going to. I, you don't want to hear me sit here and talk about why I don't like Tom Brady all day. Talk about real quick the Chiefs, uh, Bills. I was really hoping they were going to pull through. I, I loved watching the Bills. I like Josh Allen. They couldn't do it against the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs this year have been a little overrated. Uh, it makes me nervous for them going to the Super Bowl. I feel like their defense really is not that great. Offensively, they've been good. Patrick Mahomes, you know, got that concussion, almost lost to the Browns. And then he's got that plate in his foot. But, I mean, he's still played out of his mind, as he always does. Patrick Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback. And the scheming by Andy Reid is amazing. I mean, if they're able to play at the same level that they usually do, 
I feel like they can probably pull it out against the Buccaneers. See, what I see this game, it's like the NFL is going to love this game no matter what the outcome. They are. They are. Because Tom Brady's their boy and Patrick Mahomes is their boy. If Tom Brady wins the game, they'll be like, oh, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever. He went to a team the first year and then took him right to the Super Bowl and they won because Tom Brady's the best, right? That's the NFL loves that. They love that stuff. They do. Marketing, it's, it's like perfect for marketing and sales. Patrick Mahomes wins. Oh, Patrick Mahomes goes ahead and beats Tom Brady. It's the passing of the torch, the old greatest, passing on to the new greatest, and Patrick Mahomes. Yay, the NFL. Woohoo, we love it. It's a legacy. It's a story. This is the things you can't even write. Well, yeah, you can, apparently. I mean, I feel like the NFL is going to love it no matter what because, you know, if Tom doesn't win this year, he probably will decline next year a little bit or the team will probably not make it as far this has kind of been like this almost reminds me of like the miami heat run where miami heat like took it so far this past season uh and they they went all the way even though they not that they didn't belong because i don't want to say the buccaneers don't belong because they've been playing really well but still at the same time i mean i i really don't think they're the best team in the league i i don't really see them as a super bowl caliber team uh, no matter how good they are they've they've lost some games and they got away with some stuff in the playoffs that, you know, based on the competition and all that, their defense has just been playing incredibly. And again, the, the Packers thing is something that I think they kind of got away with a little bit, being that they didn't go for that touchdown. But, yeah, if the Chiefs can still play the same. And the Chiefs aren't afraid if they go down. I know the Chiefs won't crack because Chiefs were getting, like, blown out last year against the 49ers, and they were like, nah, we're just going to come back and win. Pat Mahomes was like, yeah, I'll just I'll just come back and win the game. So it, I think it's going to be fun to watch. I'm, I I think, I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs, and I actually do hope the Chiefs... I just don't see... Even though the, the Buccaneers' defense is very good, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Mahomes in that offense just because of the level that they've been playing. Like, ridiculous. Like, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mah- and uh, Tyreek Hill are, like, playing out of their minds on that on that group. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's been playing pretty good. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is doing pretty good. So I don't know if that defense is going to be able to keep up. And that, like I said, that defense is going to be... It has been what's been winning the Buccaneers' games in the playoffs. So if the defense can't play well, then I don't really see how the Buccaneers can win the game. But it should be fun, so I'm looking forward to that. Now, in other NFL news, we all know the big thing that came out the other day being Matt Stafford traded for Jared Goff and some picks. So I like the trade kind of for both teams a little bit and for both players. So I'm, I'm happy Matt Stafford can finally escape the dumpster fire that is the Detroit Lions because that team, Jesus Christ, has never, ever been good. I remember they, actually they were kind of good when they had Calvin Johnson, right, and all that. And that year they went to the playoffs. But, I mean, outside of that... Woof. They've been an absolute dumpster fire. And they have good weapons like uh, Kenny, Gallo- uh, Kenny Galloway. And, you know, they're not bad. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why they can never get it together. They've had, they've come close. Oh, they have TJ Hawkinson too. He's like a beast. They've come close to getting some really good wins. And I feel like they always fall apart. And it's just because they're the Lions. There's no other explanation that it's just the Lions are terrible. I mean, I like their new coach, Dan Campbell. The guy's like, uh, what's going to happen if you knock us down? We're going to get up. We're going to take one of your kneecaps. You knock us down again, we're going to get up and bite one of your other kneecaps, right? And like, dude, he's like, and each time we're going to take a piece of you. And he's getting like amped. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, maybe this maybe this is what the Lions need, right? They need somebody with that energy. Like, mm, let's bite their kneecaps off. Coach, let's go for it. I'm ready for it, right? So maybe that is what the Lions need, right? I would like to see the Lions do good. I would. In the division, 
is weird though because the Bears are kind of all right, right? They're not terrible. Packers are a good team, and the Vikings. I mean, who knows with the Vikings? One year they're like going to the playoffs and like beating the Saints in a miracle play, and then the next they're looking. They look terrible, you know. You know, one day they look great with the weapons that they have, and the next they look like I said terrible. So you never know with the Vikings, but. I mean, Goff going there fits if he does continue to play trash and continues to play mediocre because the team is mediocre, so he'll fit right in. For Matt Stafford, I think the Rams are good this year. I'd, I'd like to see them get hit, uh, that offense another like weapon as like at wide receiver because of course Cooper Cup is great, and they have some some guys there on the offense, but I really feel like there's not enough. I mean, Matt Stafford always kind of makes his team better anyway because he just makes those throws. He's Really, really great. I just, I, the Rams were kind of, if you remember in my one podcast, the last one about the NFL playoffs, the Rams were my dark horse to kind of make it deep into the playoffs. Uh, they didn't. But at the same time, I was very impl- impressed that they made it and they actually, you know, did pretty well for themselves. So that was cool to see. You know, I think that, yeah, they beat the uh, they beat the Seahawks. Yeah. So that was cool to see. I kind of had them in that matchup. I think they can be pretty good. They might be able to take that division. It's hard because that's a great division. 49ers, trash now for some reason. Everybody got injured. That was terrible for them. Then we also have, you know, the Seahawks who were good, but I don't know. I really think, I think the Seahawks should consider getting rid of Pete Carroll. That's that's a talk for another time. I just feel like he doesn't draft well and that he never gets Russell Wilson the help he needs at offensive line or anything. He, all he does is trade out of the first round and get somebody that nobody's ever heard of and that's doesn't that barely sees the field. Uh, but that's, no, that's, again, something for a different time. And, of course, I mean, they got the Cardinals, right? Kyler Murray's been playing good. That team looked really good this year. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see how they play uh, next year uh, as the team grows a little bit older. But, yeah, I, I like Matt Stafford's at the Rams. I think he's that really good quarterback that, like, they needed. Because, like, Jared Goff is just mediocre. He's not bad, I don't want to say. I don't think he's, like, terrible, but, like, he's not a top 15 quarterback. I probably would say he's not a top 15 quarterback, especially for what he's being paid. And that was another thing, too. So that's a big part of the trade that I find interesting. So the reason why the Rams gave two first-round picks and they gave the third and Goff. So the reason they did that was because they were like, okay, well, if you're going to take Goff, you're going to be eating his, like, I think it's like a $134 million contract, like something ridiculous like that. So to compensate for that and be like, hey, we're sorry that his contract is terrible, they kind of threw in an extra first-round pick. Now, shout out to Sean McVay because somebody made a good point. He was taking, like, an NBA approach to it where it's, like, you know, just trade away all of your picks, like, your draft picks, um, and to get a superstar because you're in a win-now mode. And I think that's kind of like what Sean McVay did. I think he doesn't have another draft pick now till 2024. And, funny enough, his last first-round draft pick was Jared Goff. Well, yeah, his, yeah. No, it wasn't his. It was um, the guy they had before that with this the stash. Uh, Jeff Fisher you said Jeff Fisher I think it was his pick because I remember I used to watch the Hard Knocks and uh, that was the year that you know Goff was on there and they had like Jeff Fisher and stuff and Jeff Fisher did a terrible job but you know they had no picks then and then I mean I give all credit to Sean McVay though because Sean McVay was like you know what I'm going to do I'm going to go get the guy I want because I want to win right now so I'm going to make a trade right now for the guy that I want and he did he went out and got a guy that he knows is proven, that is good, and just hasn't made it to a playoffs really that much because he's in a mediocre, actually a dumpster fire of an organization. That organization is terrible. They don't know how to run a team. 
So all credit to Sean McVay there for just having the cojones to do what he wants and go out there and get the quarterback. Now, for the Lions, I think it's also good. I mean, again, they're not in a win-now type of mode, and Matt Stafford doesn't want to be there. Um, there's no reason to keeping him. He's aging. Jared Goff's a little younger. Yeah, you got to eat the contract, but he might be all right. And you get two picks, and you get that third. So you get two first-round picks. You can kind of rebuild, rebuild there, because now you should have, what, two this year and two in 2022, I think, unless they gave next year's and the year after. So they might have that. So, yeah, but either way, I mean, you got we're going to have four first-round picks uh, in, like, kind of back-to-back years, which is pretty good for them. I, I like that a lot. They can kind of rebuild. I think it was a good move in the sense that it reminds me of kind of like what the Raiders did when they got rid of Cleo Mack, you know, get rid of a superstar. You get some picks in return, right? Same thing with Amari Cooper. Get some picks in return. You can really build your team. You can really rebuild and get rookies who want to commit to the program, and you get really good playmakers at a really good price. I think that's the move. I, th- I feel like more teams are going to consider doing that, like trading out a superstar. Like if you're a tr- if you're a trash team, right? Let's say you're the Jets. All right, you got Quinn and uh, Quinn Williams is too young, right? Okay, let's say. I guess we could do Sam Darnold, right? You you know a team like the Texans is looking for a quarterback. Which we'll get into this trade scenario actually later. This is just a mock trade scenario, not anything involving Deshaun. So you're you're the Jets. You trade Sam Darnold to the Texans, and they give you you know like two first round picks because you have to rebuild because you're trash, right? Same thing with the Jaguars, right? Trading away some of your really good players, you you totally can like like when they did it with Jalen Ramsey, trading a guy like Jalen Ramsey and get some picks in return. I think it makes sense because you're not going to win now, and all you're having is this player sitting here who hates it. On the sideline, he hates being here because the team sucks. So get some guys, get some picks, and you can go get some young players at a really good price who will buy into the program and you'll have for like five-ish years, six-ish years, right? I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, so I think it's good for both teams. I think it is a win-win for both teams, even though the Rams did have to get rid of some picks. Clearly, they are a playoff team. I think all they need to do is is kind of maybe sign a receiver or get a receiver in like whatever whatever round they're available. I think they should, they should have a second. They should have a second. So as long as they have a second, I think you should go out and get a receiver. I think that'd be good for them. Maybe you can get some offensive line help. But I'm, I'm happy Matt Stafford's finally escaping and getting some new threads. I'm also happy for Jared Goff because he seemed like he was kind of upset. I feel like, I feel bad for Jared Goff because I feel like he's kind of a big, dumb big dumb kid kind of. I don't know. Like if you ever watch the Hard Knocks, he kind of seemed, I don't want to be, this is not to be rude. This is not to be rude. He seemed a little dumb. Like straight up. Like, he kind of did not get what was happening. I felt like, I felt like he was like, dude, like, what? He was like, what? Dude, for sure. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about, dude, but yeah. Like, I remember, oh man, they, they like made a joke and he was like, it was just like, right over his head. Like, whew, she went right over his head. And I feel like that's kind of like who he is. Like, I feel like he's not, I don't want to, I don't know the guy personally. So this is just the the vibe I got from him, right? So he could be like a 400 IQ or like extremely intelligent, right? It's just a vibe I got. Um, so I, I feel bad for him because I feel like, you know, when McVay was kind of giving him like, you know, saying like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen to quarterback and people were kind of giving golf crap. I feel like, yeah, it's like you're kicking a puppy. Like I felt bad for him, you know, felt bad for him. But I'm happy he left because again, you know, Sean McVay didn't really seem that confident in him. And it didn't seem like anybody really liked them. Plus, LA has like no fans anyway, so I mean, like, who cares? Chargers don't have fans, and the Rams don't have fans. Nobody watches football in LA. So, boom, they're gone. Goff's gone. I mean, so good for him. He can go to. I mean, even though he's going to be in Detroit, which is 
ass. Like, that sucks. I mean, hey, maybe you can find something for yourself, Goff. Do some good there. Do some good. We'll see. So, good for him, right? Good for him. I'm happy to see that. Uh, another potential trade coming up involving a quarterback is Deshaun Watson. Now, he said he would like to go to Miami or to the Jets. If he were to go to Miami, I think it would have to involve Tua, which would be crazy because Brian Flores got Tua, and Tua really didn't look that good this year, which, hey, let me tell you what. I was never confident in Tua, one, because of the injury, and two, like I feel like he got a lot of hype, and then he got injured, so you never know how a player is going to come back from that. And I really wasn't so Yeah, I mean, like, yes, he was good, but that Alabama team was really good, and I really wasn't sold just on on his abilities. Like, he played with, I think he had, that was the, yeah, they had um, Jerry Judy, and they had uh, Henry Ruggs. So that offense was pretty good. So I was never super sold on his abilities, and he really did not play well. This year, I mean, there was a couple times where they won, and the people were like, oh, oh, Tua, Tua, oh my god, Tua. But, like, at the same time, like, in the games that he won, it was a lot to do with his really good defense and a lot to do with that special teams because they had a really good special teams group, which, I mean, people don't really think about special teams, but, like, that special teams group was pretty freaking good. Um, so I feel like Tua didn't really earn all the credit that he was given in those wins. And then, you know, Tua got, like, benched in the Week 16 and they put in Fitzpatrick when Fitzpatrick beat the Raiders. And then Fitzpatrick got hurt um, and wasn't able to play. Or Fitzpatrick got COVID, I think. And he wasn't able to play. Then they, they couldn't win and, and they couldn't make it to the playoffs. Which sucked for them. And hey, maybe Brian Flores is like, you know, after seeing all that, he's like, whoa. Like, Tua really isn't that good, actually. Like, maybe I don't want him on my team. Maybe he doesn't fit my scheme. Maybe he's not the type of player that I thought he was. And he's like, okay, I want to win now i want to take this division from the bills before the patriots maybe get good again right before the jets start to build up and get really good and i want to make a trade for deshaun watson send i'll send two over because he's young and promising and i'll give them some of my picks i think the dolphins have like two two picks this year in the first round three picks in the first round he sends in the picks and he's okay i want to win now let's go let's go get deshaun now, the hard thing is, is that I feel like after this Matt Stafford situation, teams are going to have a harder time getting Deshaun because I feel like his trade value goes up now to say, well, for a guy like Matt Stafford, who, hey, Matt Stafford's really good, but a lot of people think Deshaun Watson's, like, God. Like, a lot of people think he's, like, top five quarterback, which I don't think I'd place him there. I would put him in top ten. I think he's a really good quarterback. Um but a lot of people think he's going to deserve like five first rounds, which I don't agree because, I mean, again, what we forget is that the reason why Matt Stafford earned two first rounds, why the, the trade happened, like I said, was because of the contract thing. They threw in the extra first rounds as some compensation because how big Goff's contract is. So we all know that the highest paid quarterback right now is Patrick Mahomes. He's, he's like $45 million a year. Ridiculous, right? For like 10 years or something stupid. Guess who number two highest paid is? Tell you what, not that hard to guess considering the subject matter of this conversation. It's Deshaun Watson. He's getting paid $39 million a year. Now, I think that should, on its own, take, take away from some trade value and benefit other teams because they'll be like, okay, well, how about we don't give you another pick? How about we don't send you five picks? How about we send you three or four first rounders, maybe three, because. 
he has such a big contract. And they'll be like, okay, well, here's the proof. I mean, Matt Stafford was traded, yeah, for his quarterback and a first and a third. And they threw in an extra first because of the contract. So either you guys give us one of your firsts or how about we just don't give you one of our firsts. And I think that's going to benefit some teams, although I think his value is going to go up now that Matt Stafford was taken for you know what he was. And they were tra- he was traded for what he was. I think the team know it, who who it's kind of up to right now to see if they get is gonna it's uh, the Jets. Deshaun said that's his number one choice is to go to the Jets. And hey, I mean credit to him. He wants to play for Robert Sala. Good for him. I mean Robert Sala, I think he's gonna be a good coach. He's got a lot of energy. It's something that New York needs. So that should be good. I think Sam Donald is still a good quarterback. So I think he's as good as Deshaun Watson. No, no. But I, what I'm saying is if the Jets can't get Deshaun Watson, I think they're fine with staying with Sam Darnold. But I think that they're going to be hungry. It's going to be a mutual kind of interest thing. It's just whether or not the Houston uh, wants to budge. Because Houston, I feel like, is so stubborn. I mean, they're horribly run. They made that... I mean, and that was partially due to uh, O'Brien. He did horrible there as the head coach. And... You know, making that trade and getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, like the picks and stuff. Oh, that pick was uh, nauseating, right? That was nauseating. We all we all know that it was terrible. But since you know they're that they're letting Deshaun go, they're probably gonna let JJ Watt now go because JJ Watt wants to leave too. The team is awful, awfully run. I think they're gonna want to get some first round picks back though. I think they're gonna to want to get a few, so I think they're gonna at least probably get. I think the Jets. I think the Jets have two this year, two next year in the first round. Okay, trade your trade your higher one this year and your later one next year, or what you perceive to be the later one next year, but send the early one this year probably. The sec. If the Jets were to send, now that I'm thinking about it, if the Jets were to send the number two pick, that would be crazy. Uh, I think that's what's gonna what it's gonna cost actually. Now, if I'm the Jets, I'd probably send yeah my number two pick and then wherever I thought whatever I thought would be the the easier pick next year, and then maybe another first the year after that. I'd probably do a second, so I'd probably do this year's first, this the early one, next year's uh, later first that you think is gonna be later, your second, and Sam Darnold. I think that might be fair. Uh, maybe I'd send two seconds or a second and a third. I guess it's probably gonna cost two for three firsts though at least. So it's a lot to give up, but I think like for the Jets it makes sense, just because the team needs something. They need some breath of life. I mean they got the coach. Let's make another big splash. Let's get the quarterback because people aren't happy with Donald. And I don't know. If, I don't really know if Salah's gonna want Donald either. You know, uh, who knows if he was gonna draft the quarterback? But now that Deshaun wants to come, hey, let's send it because we have a quarterback who actually wants to play in New York, and that's kind of rare. That's kind of rare considering how freaking bad that team is, right? How bad they are also run. But I can see it. I, I think they should should pull the trigger. I was a little hesitant at first because I was saying, you know, they're going to have to send so much, and that's a lot of picks that the Jets could use to get players and further build the team. But you know what? If you feel like you want to go for it, Rob, big Rob Sala, if you feel like you want to go for it, sorry. If you feel like you want to go for it, Rob, Go for it, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Wake it up. Wake up, New York. East Rutherford vibes. The Meadowlands. Let's go. MetLife Stadium. Let's turn it green. No more blue. No more Giants nonsense. Giants are trash right now. 
Let's go Jets, right? Let's go Jets. I want to see the Jets do something. I want to see them do something. You know, go for Deshaun. Full send it. Let's take the division. You're not going to beat the Bills, but hey, whatever. Let's punch the Dolphins in the mouth. Let's punch the Patriots in the mouth and get our revenge. Let's do it, man. Let's send the Jets to the playoffs. That'll be fun. That'll be freaking fun to watch. That division should be fun to watch because Patriots are always going to be in contention in some way because Bill Belichick. Bills, really good football team. Jets make the right move. They get Deshaun Watson. Rob Sala works out. They could be a good football team. They already, I think their defense is, all right. They have some some decent pieces. And we can't forget about the Miami Dolphins on the up and come up, whether they want to do Tua or not, which I think they are going to stick with Tua, to be honest with you, especially if they don't get Deshaun, they're going to stick with Tua. But why not? Let's have some fun in this division, baby. Let's wake up the AFC East. Let's make it a freaking battle royale. Winner takes all. Mm, let's be fun. That's a good division. That could be a fun division. A division that's been horrible for years and now has potential to be most exciting. That's got me excited. That's got me excited. Love football. Let's get it. But I guess that's that's really what I want to talk about about football, you know? We touched on Deshaun. I think he's going to go to the Jets, and that's exciting. Get hyped. Um, I Let's talk about real quick. A uh, little MLB stuff real quick that just is coming to mind right now. Uh, Nolan Arenado got traded from the Rockies to the Cardinals, and that trade was terrible for the Rockies. It shows that the Rockies don't really take baseball seriously. They don't really want to, you know, they don't really see themselves as a team, I guess. Nolan Arenado was like their boy, and they gave him like a huge contract for like, I want to think it was like six years, something like that, a mega contract. He was their boy. I think he led the league in 2016 and 2017 or 2015, 2016. I think he led the league in RBIs. I mean, he had like, he's been averaging for the past couple of years like about 40 home runs. Dude's an animal. Dude's a slugger. He's a beast. Why would you not want him? And they were like, you know what? We're going to trade him to the Cardinals, right? And that's fine and good, right? Yeah, I mean, you could trade your superstar. But you'd be like, okay, we're going to get a couple really high prospects in return, right? Thinking if you're, if you're a Rockies fan, which I don't even think, I don't even know if there are Rockies fans. I've never. Actually, I've never in my life seen a Rockies fan. So if anybody's a Rockies fan, please tell me. Because uh, I have never, ever, ever heard of a Rockies fan. I've heard of Broncos fans, never a Rockies fan. But you'd be thinking, I'm going to get a couple of high prospects out of this, right? I'm going to get some good prospects. We're going to build this team up for the next few years. Nah, they got some pitcher, some lefty named Austin Gomber. Uh, and they, they apparently it's because they want to save money because that contract was so big for Nolan Arnado they want to use it for Trevor Story when his contract is up in 2021. But come on. You're giving rid of Nolan Arnado and give him the Cardinals? Just shows that the Rockies, that was so foolish. I can't even comprehend it. It was bad. Also, MLB, I mean, that, that's all I can really say about that is that it was just bad for them. Bad, 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 bad. I get the money thing, but dude, come on. Uh, another note, uh, but the MLB, apparently the MLB sent over a proposal to the players union saying, let's play 154 games this year. Uh, and the pitchy, the pissing contest, as you might suspect has already begun. Now I was hoping that this was going to be behind us, the MLB versus the players union. Uh, but it's not, and I'm not blaming the players right now. And I'm not blaming, actually I'll blame them both because I think they were both wrong. Yeah. I think the players at first were in the right when it came to last year or uh, yeah, last year when the whole COVID thing hit. I think they were in the right at first, honestly, when it came to like the bubble and the playing and all that kind of thing. I was I was kind of on board with the players. I was kind of on board with them. And then I felt like it became a pissing contest because then the MLB gave them kind of what they wanted and they were like, nah, 
No, it's not. Never. That's not exactly what we wanted. And it was the MLB's fault too, though, for being greedy. So I, I blame. I really blame them both. And the pissing contest has has begun. I mean, the MLB sent it over, and they haven't heard anything back yet. I think they might have refused it. Actually, the players. That's what everybody thinks. If it didn't happen yet, everybody thinks they're going to refuse it. Uh, there's the full context of the deal has not been dropped yet. I don't know what it's going to be when it comes to player salaries and all that kind of thing and what they're going to make. I would assume that by the summer we're going to have more fans. We're going to probably have be able to have fans, so they will probably make a little bit more revenue and try to recoup what happened last year. Not that these these teams probably have plenty of money anyway. I mean, I know the Yankees do. Shout out to the Yankees, the evil empire. Anyway, I mean, I think. I think we should have fans. Football had fans, so I don't see why baseball won't have fans. I would think, and it'll be the summer, and by then, by the time we hit the summertime, there's probably more vaccines coming out, and more people will have them. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean, yeah, I think this is the beginning of a, of a pissing contest that I don't know if the MLB is going to be able to start on time. Apparently, they're still aiming for it. I think the start date would be April 1st, so they have about like a month or two months from now. Uh, until baseball is going to start, I'm excited for baseball. I'm excited to see the Yankees play again. I'm excited to just see baseball. Yeah, I like I, baseball's. I kind of I took this class this semester called sports analytics, where I analyze different sports statistics, and mostly we focused on baseball just because of how many statistics there are in the sport of baseball. Let me tell you what, that was a lot of fun. I kind of rekindled my love for baseball. I always loved baseball as a kid, but now I feel like my passion's kind of been reignited for baseball. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, we'll see how that pans out. Also, real quick, one quick shout out. Nikola Jokic tonight uh, and the Nuggets. They broke the Jazzes. I think they were on like a 15 or 16 game winning streak. Jokic put up like 47. So that's all I want to say. Cool to see the Joker ball. Uh, I love I love watching Jokic play. I want to see the Nuggets do something like they did last year. I want to see Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic ball out again. That was a lot of fun. Well, yeah, actually it was it was even last year. I think it was it was only like November or October, right, with the, with the playoffs. So it was October, I think. So, yeah, totally excited for that. Good, good for you, Jokic. Good for you. We'll see what happens this week with the Super Bowl. That should be a lot of fun. We'll see what happens with the MLB. I hope Tom Brady loses. Just to go back to the Super Bowl real quick, hope Tom Brady loses. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to be really good for a long time. Kid might as well get another one. I think I think by the time... Oh, and this was a debate, too. Hold on. Let me just touch on this. Let me just loop back a little bit back to my first Patrick Mahomes-Tom Brady thing. There was a de- debate with Shannon Sharp where they were saying, if Pat doesn't win this time, uh, let's say Brady wins, Brady gets seven, Pat will now have one. Will Patrick Mahomes in his career ever be able to catch up to, to the, uh, the amount of Super Bowls that Brady has? Uh, I think so. I think, especially if Pat wins. So Pat will be a two, Brady will be a six. Pat will probably win, I think, actually, I think he's probably going to win like three or four. Chiefs will probably get three or four. Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say because, yeah, you could say like Patrick Mahomes is really good. They're always being contention. But at the same time, defense really is not great. Uh, so they're going to have to add more pieces there. And it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they do. It's Teams already kind of did a decent job against them. Yes, listen, I know they were like, what? I think they were 14-2, 16-1. Because I, I think they might have lost their last game of the season when they kind of benched everybody. They almost lost to the Browns. They almost lost to the Chargers this year. They almost lost to a couple teams this year. Really, and they didn't they didn't look great at some points. Their offense kind of sputtered at times and once the defense the defense, like I said, really isn't good. So if the offense the, the thing with the Chiefs is you have to kind of get ahead of them. That's how the Raiders beat them, is that they you only have to make like two you have to basically score every time, which is so hard. 
but you also have to stop them once or twice, which is really hard. But as long as you can stay in front of them and score almost every single drive and just keep that lead, you just that's the way you beat the Chiefs. You just have to make a stop once or twice or three times and continuously score. And if you do that, you can you can beat the Chiefs. And I feel like a lot of teams found kind of ways to stop them and also found ways to kind of like score on the defense because the defense, like I said, isn't great. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams will respond to the Chiefs next year. It'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs play this week. I think the Chiefs will kind of be able to pull through and win. I do. I do. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be really good. He's going to really play out of his mind. He's going to ball. And because he's going to want, he's going to be hungry to beat Brady and because he wants to be the best or whatever. Could I see the Chiefs getting three or four? Yeah. Could I see them getting six? I mean, potentially. It's a long shot. Seven, that's the longest shot. So... I, I think I I think Shannon Sharp said that no or yes I think he said yes Pat can catch up. If you think about it, I think Pat's like twenty four right now, so sixteen years, right? He could do it. He's probably got if he plays till forty, he's got like sixteen years left in his career. So I think he can kind of squeeze out if he wins after this year. If he wins this year, I think he could squeeze out at least four more in sixteen years. Hmm. I think he could because the Chiefs are always going to be in contention when he's there. I I feel like. If, unless, unless, like I said, the, the defense really sputters and they lose offensive pieces and stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I think this, this is going to be a big legacy game for the NFL. And like I said, you know, the trades are going to be interesting with Deshaun Watson. Uh, and then the Matt Stafford thing, it's going to be cool to see how that pans out. And the MLB, we'll see where that goes and how Nolan Arenado is going to end up playing for the Cardinals and the, when the MLB ever goes back to playing. And we'll see how it pans out for... The Denver Nuggets. Even though that was a little small snippet, I just wanted to throw that in there. So everybody, thank you so much for joining me again on the couch. I hope you had a relaxing time. I hope you had an enjoyable time. Like I said, smash the like button and uh, feel free to comment if you don't if you don't agree with me. If you don't disagree, if you disagree with my Tom Brady rant, and you think Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time? Tell me, tell me why. Because I want I want I want to talk about it. Right, If you think that the Chiefs are not going to win, or if you think that the Sean Watson trade is stupid for the Jets, if you think the Dolan Arenado trade worked out for the Rockies, I want to hear it. I want to hear it all. Especially about Dolan Arenado, because that doesn't make any sense for the Rockies. But hey, thank you so much again for joining me on the couch. And uh, stay tuned, because more stuff will be coming out. Ciao, guys. Enjoy. And uh, enjoy the Super Bowl.